appropriate that we will now finish uh, the series on Christmas Day, and uh, I look forward to this. And we've talked about things like a knight like no other and a king like no other, and, and we've really just broken down the Christmas story and tried to make it as uh, applicable to our lives as we can. Today, I would like to share a message entitled, A Peace Like No Other. A peace like no other. Christmas can have a, a mixed bag of emotions, I've, I've seen and I've learned. Uh, for some people, it could be a real stressful time. For other people, it could be just a very encouraging time. Some people are excited about it. Some people are glad when it's over. Uh, some people are Scrooge, and some people are Buddy the Elf. And, uh, and then you get a lot of people that are kind of all in between. Um, but if there's a, a promise that we can uh, glean from the Christmas story, I believe it's the promise that God has for each and every one of us of peace. And we're going to take another look at when an angel appeared to the shepherds, followed by uh, an angelic chorus that sang praises to the Lord. And there's uh, a phrase in verse 14 that I want us to kind of grab onto and, uh, and carry with us as we go about our, our day, and hope, hopefully for the rest of our lives, actually. And if you would, uh, if you're able to, uh, if you could stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word, we're going to look at this together, and we're going to start in, uh, in Luke chapter 2, we'll start in verse 8, and we're going to go to verse 14. Y'all ready? If you don't have your Bible, you can follow along on the screen, and we'll have all the scriptures for you that way. Here we go. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, and be sure to check out verse 14. Jonathan just sang part of this lyric. Glory to God in the highest heaven. And here's the phrase I want us to focus on. And on earth... Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Let's look at verse 14 again. Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. On this Christmas, it'd be my prayer that we would have a peace like no other. So Lord... Take your word, and uh, this, for many of us, might be a familiar story, but God, I pray that you would do a very unfamiliar thing in our lives and do something new and bring us closer to you on this day that we celebrate your birth. I pray that we would celebrate a newness in you. And Jesus, we'll thank you for all that you do and all that you accomplish here. It's in your name that we pray all of this, and God's people said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. A peace like no other. 
Now, a lot of people assume that peace is the absence of problems. And if, if I'm going to have peace, then that means I'll never have difficulty, I'll never have crisis, I'll never have any issues, and that's not what peace is. Peace is this, uh, this contentment that we can have even when there is crisis, and even when there is difficulty, and even if there's chaos going on in our lives, we could still have peace in the midst of all of that. Let me make this statement here. I'll put it on the screen. God's purpose is to give you peace by his being the most glorious person in your life. See, we read verse 14, and I don't want us to compartmentalize that verse. I don't want us to break it in half. I actually want to put it together because when you give glory to God, then there is peace in your life. The two go together. Giving God glory and being in a right relationship with God, we'll get into that, will bring about the peace that the Lord desires for each and every one of us. A lot of people try to find peace in so many other uh, sources and other forms, and and we're going to find out that true peace really comes through Christ. You know, five times in the New Testament, I don't have these on the screen, but I'll rattle them off for you. Five times in the New Testament, he is called the God of peace. In Romans 15, 13, and also in Romans 16, 20. In Philippians 4, 9, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, in Hebrews chapter 13, 20. All five of those verses, he's called the God of peace. Jesus said in John chapter 14, my peace I give to you. Jesus Uh, was called by Paul in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, Jesus himself is our peace. So here's the deal. The peace of God can never be separated from God himself. (laughs) You are not designed, I am not designed, we are not designed to have peace separate from Jesus. This is how we were created. You were created to enjoy peace amidst the difficulties and peace in spite of the chaos, but that can only come through Christ, not just your willpower, not just your dazzling personality, not some self-help book that you read or even a sermon that you heard. It's all through Jesus Christ. And see, the two... Giving God glory, enjoying peace, those two go together, and they can never be separated. So what that angelic host sang was more than just a lyric or two. Uh, There was actually some direction and some purpose there when the shepherds heard them on that beautiful night. You know, Romans chapter 15, verse 13, Paul gives us this verse as he's writing to the Romans, and he says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So in other words, we find peace in believing in Jesus Christ. So what I want to do, 
on this Christmas morning very quickly because we told you it would be an hour service. There's no Browns game or Cowboys game, so really, what more is there to do, right? <laughs> Some of you say, shut up, I want to eat, eat lunch, I don't want to open my presents. Uh, let's look at three peaceful relationships. Can we do that? And again, let's not separate keeping the glory of God in our lives and the peace of God that the Lord wants for us. So let's talk about the first relationship where we need peace, and that's peace with our God. This is the foundation of any kind of peace that we can enjoy and any kind of peace that we can experience is having peace with God. If we are not right with God, then we cannot expect to enjoy peace. Again, we have been created to enjoy peace, but it is through Christ. Paul, again, in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, he says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Look at that carefully. Again, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What's it mean to be justified? It means that you're right and you're just in his sight. God makes you that way. In the midst of your sin, in the midst of your our rebellion, the Bible says all of us have sinned, we come short of the glory of God. And so we are justified then in God's eyes through faith in Jesus. In fact, God does that through faith alone. It is not by your works. It's not your good works outdoing your bad stuff. It is not through your traditions. It's not through water baptism. It's not through church membership. Dare I say, it's not even by listening to five minutes with Phil every weekday. <laughs> it's not by how you're raised. It's, it's, it's found through faith in Christ alone. And the most important, important relationship that we could have peace in is in our relationship with God. Are we right with God this morning? Giving your life to Jesus, you know what that results in? In peace with God. Giving your life to Jesus results in peace with God. Those of you in this room today and those of you who are watching online, are you right with God today? You'll say, Pastor, I'm not sure. There's a way you can be sure. You can ask Jesus today to be the Lord of your life, which means you give him control of your life, not you. He's the Lord. You surrender to him. And you ask him for forgiveness. You ask him to be your savior. You commit your life to Jesus Christ, and that is the foundation of peace. And when we do that, then God's anger towards our sin is gone. Uh, our rebellion against God is erased. God actually adopts us into his family, whether we deserve it or not. And all of his dealings with us from then on are good. So friend, I, I encourage you, if you're not right with God today, if there is not peace between you and your God today, and, and, and when I say your God, the only God, the name Jesus, if you're not right with Jesus, then today, 
find peace with him. Secondly, not only should there be peace with our God, but secondly, there should be peace with ourselves. Peace with ourselves. Now, here's the deal. Because we have peace with God, we can begin then to grow in our enjoyment of the life that the Lord has for us. Look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. It's a, it's a scripture that I quote often. Paul says this, Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And look what happens. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus. Can I suggest to you that our hearts and our minds are constantly being assaulted by some of the weapons of the enemy? And for different people in this room and different people watching online, that will vary from person to person. For example, he might use a picture an enemy kind of shooting arrows at your heart and at your mind spiritually. And that arrow might look like fear. That arrow might look like worry. That arrow might look like anxiety. That arrow might look like confusion or fear. And what happens? The enemy of our soul tries to assault our hearts and our minds constantly by using these kinds of emotions. And what's interesting is how Paul puts this verse. He says, by offering your requests to the Lord with thanksgiving, then what happens? When we present them to the Lord, there is this peace that he gives us that defies any understanding. We can't figure it out. But those things that get assaulted are then guarded by that peace of God. Our minds are guarded by the peace of God. Our hearts are guarded by the peace of God. Could it be that sometimes we find ourselves so full of anxiety and so stressed out? In fact, some of us can be so disabled by things like fear and anxiety and guilt. And and what has happened is that we've tried to handle things on our own and we haven't really brought those requests to the Lord. Maybe it's pride. Maybe we don't think that we deserve his help. I mean, the list can go on and on, but, but there's something about casting our cares on Jesus, knowing that he cares for us. And I think God's message to us this Christmas is to take your anxieties to God. And don't, don't let that onslaught, don't let that assault Go after your heart and your mind again. But, but, but use this beautiful gift that God has given us called prayer. And offer those anxieties and offer those things to the Lord. And see, here's what you're doing. You're not just hoping to get an answer. You're actually, by surrendering all that stuff to the Lord, God is then putting a shield, a guard around your heart and around your mind. And for some of us, to be quite honest with you, that might be a bigger miracle than getting what you're praying for. So on this Christmas, I believe that we should have peace with our God, Jesus Christ, peace with ourselves, and then finally, and maybe this is the toughest one, 
peace with other people. The holidays bring a lot of people together. And normally, that's a good thing. But then there's that weird uncle. And if you don't, if you don't think you have one, guess what? You're it, okay? <laughs> but in all honesty, this is the one that we tend to have the least control over is peace with other people because it often depends on or at least it is influenced by the behavior and the conduct and the words of other people. And you just can't control that no matter how much you'd like to. Romans chapter 12 verse 18 gives us a really good instruction. Take a look at this carefully. Paul says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, look at that again, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. May I tell, I don't know who this is for, but you don't have the ability to change anybody. You don't. Uh, You really don't. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. So some of us may need to stop trying to do his job. As as much as it depends on you, try to live at peace with other people. Well, how how do you do that? See, because with some relationships, the, the pain can be very intense. It could be pretty old. It could be recent. And again, it could vary from person to person to person. And I think Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, puts it together for us nicely. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every kind of malice. Now pay attention to how this last part of this verse is written. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Here's the key. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Do you know what helps you to forgive other people knowing that you yourself have been forgiven? That's how we live at peace with other people. Not by trying to change somebody, but we live at peace with other people because we recognized Jesus forgave us, changed us, and the work of Jesus was incredible in us and i'd put it to you this way why don't we continuously or continually have a sense of amazement that in spite of all of our sins god's forgiven us and when i realize that then that that helps me see other people differently because not everybody has it all together not everybody's as perfect as me But I think what we need is to keep being more amazed that God forgave us. Because knowing that God forgave me, that helps me be be more forgiving of other people. Those angels, they sang this beautiful chorus. Glory to God in the highest 
and peace on earth. I, I will tell you that to have peace with God and peace with ourselves and peace with other people, those angels got it right because it starts with giving glory to God and then enjoying his peace. I want to close this service with a bit of a story. I'm going to ask Jonathan to help me. I'm going to take you back to 1818. There was a roving band of actors that were performing in towns throughout the uh, Austrian Alps. I almost said the Australian Alps. It was December 23rd, and they were in a village where this band of actors, they were going to reenact the story of Jesus' birth. And they were together at St. Nicholas Church, only there was a problem. Now, I know that you probably think that everything goes off without a hitch in the church, but sometimes we have technical issues at times. And even in in the 1800s, this church had a terrible technical issue. Their organ was broken down completely. No music. And so, so, in fact, some versions of the story say that mice were the culprit. Some say that there was flooding. Others say that just over time, rust did some damage to the organ. But needless to say, right before the Christmas Eve service, there was no organ. They thought, well, what are we going to do? So they, they decided that they would go ahead and present their presentation in a private home. And, and it went pretty well, but the assistant pastor, his name was Joseph Moore. This is his yearbook picture. <laughs> Joseph Moore left that service, and he was in a real meditative mood. And instead of walking straight home on that wintry night, he uh, took a longer way to his house. And the longer path took him up on a hill that overlooked a snow-covered village. And as he was standing there and looking at the scene and contemplating about the birth of Jesus and the scriptures that he saw reenacted, his, his mind went back to a poem that he wrote several years before. And he decided, wow, would that not be a beautiful carol to introduce to our congregation tomorrow night at our Christmas Eve service? Then it dawned on him, the organ, it's still broken down. And so he decided to go to the church organist. His name is Franz Gruber, same high school, same yearbook. And he went to Franz Gruber and he said, okay, I've, I've got this poem. I'd like you to put it to music. But since we don't have an organ, could, could you possibly put the song to a guitar? Now, Franz Gruber was not very experienced with the guitar. He was more experienced with the organ but they kind of put their heads together and, and 
came up with this tune and, 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 and uh, they were able to come up with this beautiful song that they introduced on that Christmas Eve night for the choir to sing. It's a song that you would probably recognize by the name of Silent Night. Silent Night oh, Holy Night All is calm All is bright The song was so well thought of by that congregation and they continued to sing it and they still had the problem of the organ. They couldn't just let it sit there so they had to get it fixed. So in comes the organ repairman. And as he did his work on the organ, he, when he was done, he went to... Uh, Gruber, and he said, okay, why don't you test it out to make sure that it works all right. And so he got there and sat behind it and he did all the notes and, and did the foot pedals. I could never do those foot things on the organ. And he decided to do all those, uh, all those verses of that song that he had just composed with the guitar. Well, the organ repairman was so impressed with it, he took copies of the music and he took it to his Alpine village and shared the song with all that he could. And there were two groups of, of uh, singers that decided to, after they heard the song, that they would take it and make it part of their, their repertoire. One, one of them spread the song all the way through Europe. It just grew like that. And then another uh, family of singers decided to take the song into the United States where 20 years after Silent Night was written, they performed the song in New York City's Trinity Church. And in 1863 nearly 50 years after it was written. Silent Night was translated into English, and that English version made its way into what was called the Sunday School Hymnal. And now, today, the words are sung all over the world. But probably the most unique location where the song was sung was not in a church. It was not an reenactment of the Christmas story. It was actually in World War I. And in 1914, the hostilities between the sides had died down a little bit. And before, everything was very tense amongst the 
English soldiers and the French soldiers and the German soldiers. And, but then, as the hostilities died down, they actually crossed the trenches. Enemies before, but they called it the Christmas truce. And these different sides would uh, play games. They would have a prisoner exchange. They would uh, barter for things together. Uh, They would actually spend a pretty peaceful time. But on Christmas Eve, on Christmas Eve, what they got was even more unexpected. Probably knowing that in a few days the shots would begin firing again. But on that Christmas Eve in 1914, the soldiers started singing. And there was one Christmas carol that they all knew. And at one time, Silent Night was sung simultaneously in the midst of the battlefields, in French, in English, and in German. imagine this? In the midst of battle, in the midst of places where people had died, in the midst of all this violence, there was peace. And that's what we're talking about today on this Christmas morning. Remember the first verse that we uncovered when we started this sermon series? Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. How can it be then in the midst of all this violence and all this chaos and, and, and that you can have even warring soldiers all sing? about heavenly peace. (laughs) How is it that in the midst of your chaos, in the midst of your situation, in the midst of what's going on in your life, that you could have peace when you make the effort to never separate the glory of God from His peace? That's when you'll enjoy it. That's when you'll find it commit everything to Christ and he'll give you that peace that surpasses all understanding as we close could I ask you to stand I'm going to ask Jonathan to lead us in that first verse one last time
Jesus, it's my prayer that we would live in heavenly peace. So Lord, may we make peace with you, peace with ourselves, peace with others, Lord. God, go with us as we celebrate your birth today. Bless our time together. And it's in your precious name. Amen.